Welcome to Catch These Vibes. This is Charmonique. Thank you so much for tuning in. You are listening to the 90 series that I have been doing for the past two seasons. We are getting into some of the best 90s movies. We are officially starting spooky season. So for the next couple of weeks, we will be getting into some of the best, the most classic horror thriller movies from the 90s this episode we're going to be talking about the faculty this is one of the movies that i've been really wanting to talk about but you know now is the time so we gonna get into it and also this is a special episode because this is the 200th episode i'm recording the 200th episode and that's amazing 200 episodes is a lot so i'm just you know just proud about that and just gonna get myself a little pat on the back so i love that we've been able to record this many episodes and here's to 200 more maybe (laughs) let's go ahead and get into the trailer for this movie No more books, no more teachers' dirty looks. The students at Harrington High have always suspected their teachers were from another planet. Is this going to be on the test? This is the test. This time, they're right. Now, these six students won't just question authority. They'll have to destroy it. Critics are calling it hip and scary. A thrilling ride from beginning to end. The faculty. Please report to the principal's office. All right, so we're going to get into this screen rant article written by Keith Langston. This was published December 7, 2019. It is titled, The Faculty, 10 Reasons is the Greatest 90s Horror Movie. So even in the golden age of horror, the 90s, the faculty stood out. So here are 10 reasons why it's absolutely critical that you watch this movie right now. The 90s were a golden age for the horror genre. While horror movies from earlier in the decade like Silence of the Lambs and Candyman were changing the genre and adding new layers to what a horror film could be, it was Scream in 1996 that is almost single-handedly credited with jump-starting the modern wave of slasher films. From there, sequels were made and the slasher genre was given new life with films like I Know What You Did Last Summer and Urban Legend. But one film in 1998 stands above the rest as one of the smartest, darkest, greatest horror movies of the decade. This film is The Faculty. This movie is a revamp of Robert Heinlein's horror sci-fi novel, 
The Puppet Masters, which came out in 1951. This was a movie where parasitic aliens attempt to take over the human race. So here are 10 reasons why it's absolutely critical that you watch this movie right now. So the first reason is the cast. The cast of the faculty is so perfect that God himself couldn't have assembled a better ensemble. The main cast was a collection of young 90s talent from Elijah Wood, Josh Harnett, Jordana Brewster, and Usher, along with Indy Darlings, Clea Duvall, and Laura Harris. The adults in the film were even cooler, were an even cooler assortment of A-listers, Hollywood elites, and famed character actors. Most notable is John Stewart, who played the school's science teacher, along with Famke Jansen, Robert Patrick, Selma Hayek, Triple Threat, B.B. Newellworth, and of course, horror favorite, Piper Laurie, best known as the mom from the original Carrie and Catherine Martell from Twin Peaks. The best part? That isn't even the entire cast. When you watch The Faculty, there will be a handful of other faces you're sure to recognize. So the second reason, the effects. In the climax of the film, the alien queen is revealed, and the scene is epic and glorious, transforming this sleek teen horror film into a classic monster movie. The best part was that the film used animatronics and puppets whenever possible, creating the believability and realism that can only come when the actors have a real physical model to work with. Plus, the alien looks really awesome. The third reason, the ridiculousness of Zeke. Josh Harnett's character in the film is Zeke, the 90s bad boy with the absent parents, but who's secretly highly intelligent and has a heart of gold. Zeke makes his money by selling drugs to his classmates, hidden in big pens that have had the ink removed. During one scene, the kids run away from school and hide in Zeke's basement. There, it's revealed that he has a full-blown laboratory going on, complete with beakers, test tubes, Bunsen burners, volumetric flask, and a cage of mice that he does experiments on. What the fuck? It's completely absurd, but also perfectly fits into the vibe of the film. The creators. The film was almost guaranteed to be awesome given the fact that its creators were Der- director Robert Rodriguez from Dust Till Dawn and screenwriter Kevin Williamson Scream. Williamson in particular practically created the entire 90s horror explosion writing Scream, Scream 2, The Faculty, I Know What You Did Last Summer, and was the co-executive producer of Halloween H2O. He was even the creator of Dawson's Creek. In essence, Kevin Williamson basically ran the 90s. Prior to the faculty, Rodriguez had made From Dust Till Dawn and Desperado and would later go on to make films like Sin City and Planet Terror. With these two on board, the faculty was bound to be a wild ride that could have only been possible in the 90s. The next reason is the fight scene between Josh Harnett and Famke Jansen. In the film, one of the side effects of the alien parasites infecting the humans' brains was that it would change people's personalities. Jansen's character, Miss Burke, starts the film as a sweater-clad, glasses-wearing pushover. After she's infected, though, she lets her hair down, puts on a tank top, and doesn't take shit from anyone. 
In one infamous scene, she catches Harness character Zeke selling drugs on school grounds. The new and improved Miss Burke confronts him, offering up some great lines like, I'm sick of you, little boy. And if I have to see you peddling your little wonder dust again, I'm going to shove my foot so far up your ass, you'll be sucking my toes till graduation. The epic pre-credits. Pre-credits, sometimes called the warning kill, is a popular trope in the horror genre. They're that initial kill that happens right at the start of the film before the credits even roll, hence the name. Think Drew Barrymore in Scream or the older sister in Halloween. In the faculty, the pre-credits show how the school's faculty initially gets infected with the alien parasite. What takes place is superbly executed scene involving B.B. Norwith, Piper Laurie, and Robert Patrick. By the time the film's title even appears on screen, you're already hooked. The next reason is a fresh remake. Throughout the years, the puppet masters has been retold through films countless times, starting with Invasion of the Body Snatchers in 1956, followed by The Brain Eaters in 1958, then a remake of Invasion of the Body Snatchers in 1978. Body Snatchers, 1993, The Puppet Masters, 1994, and The Invasion, 2007, just to name a few. The faculty's strength is that it isn't just a tired old remake of a story that's been beaten to death. With interesting characters, dynamic subplots, and a heavy dose of the 90s, the film strongly stands on its own. Another reason, it's self-reflective. Another strength of the faculty is that the movie is highly self-reflective, making numerous references to past incarnations of the tale. This was also a calling card of Kevin Williamson. Many of his 90s films were highly self-reflective and quote-unquote meta. There's a famous line from Scream where Sidney yells, You've seen too many movies, making an obvious gag about the fact that Scream is a horror movie about teenagers who watched too many horror movies and went crazy. That same kind of smart self-awareness continues in the faculty, and the film is all the better for it. So we have the 90s soundtrack. Making the movie even better was this awesome soundtrack. Right after the opening credits, The Kids Aren't Alright by The Offspring blasts you straight into the moment when the film came out, invoking the zeitgeist of the 90s. The soundtrack also includes Creed, Soul Aslam, Garbage Oasis, Sean Mullins, and Sheryl Crow. It's a true who's who of 90s music. It's unique. The faculty's greatest weakness is also its greatest strength. By combining elements of science fiction, thriller, and teen slasher films complete with smart humor and zany antics, it made it hard to categorize this movie. Is the faculty horror or is it sci-fi? Does this count as an alien movie or a monster movie or a slasher movie? Its inability to be just one thing probably contributed to its lack of financial success compared to all the other movies Kevin Williamson made. But the diverse, untamed quality in this film is also why it's lasted throughout the years and remains a great watch. It's unique, it's scary, it's smart, it's fun, and is by far the best 90s horror movie ever.
So since we are going to be getting into horror movies of the 90s, I thought this list was very interesting to go over. It is the top 50 highest grossing 1990s horror films. So some of these movies we are going to be going over some of them we've already done. So 50 is Vampires, which came out in 98. 49 is Tales from the Crypt, which came out in 95. Then we have Stir of Echoes at 48. We've done this movie. This is, again, one of my favorites. I love Kevin Bacon um, in this movie, but period. Then we have Mary Shelley's Frankenstein that came out in 94. I knew that's Robert De Niro. Wow. Okay. I didn't, I had no idea he was Frankenstein before. Then we have The People Under the Stairs, which is, this is one that someone did recommend that I'd possibly do. And I've, I believe I've seen this like one time before. That came out in 91. The next on the list is Fallen that starred Denzel Washington and John Goodman. That came out in 98. Then we have Mimic, 97. Candyman, that came out in 92. This is actually coming up on our list. If I don't change it, that is. And then we have From Dust Till Dawn, that came out in 96. Exorcist 3, that came out in 1990. An American Werewolf in Paris, 97. Event Horizon, 97. A rescue crew investigates a spaceship that disappeared into a black hole and has now returned with someone or something new on board. Hmm, okay. Like, there's a... I'm, I was surprised by how many of these I haven't actually heard of. Like this one, The Island of Dr. Maru. I have never heard of this. This came out in 96. Then Child's Play 2, that came out in 90. Sleepwalkers, 92. Lake Placid, 99. The Lawnmower Man, 92. I've never heard of that. Bride of Chucky. This is one that I'm having you all vote on to see if this is one that we are going to be doing. But um, I'm going to finalize and calculate all the votes. So it's, it's a possibility we might talk about this one. But this one came out in 98. Then we have The Relic that came out in 97. Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare came out in 91. Urban Legend, 98. I still know... What You Did Last Summer, 98. We talked about this one last season. The Faculty. So Faculty came out in 98, and its domestic gross was $40 million. Then we have House on Haunted Hill that came out in 99. Gremlins 2, The New Batch, came out in 1990. Alien Resurrection, 97. Stigmata, 99. The Crow, 94, which grossed $50 million domestically. Arachnophobia, 90. Then we have Spawn, that grossed 54 domestically. That came out in 97. Halloween Age 2O, that came out in 98, grossed $55 million. Alien 3, 92, $55 million as well. Death Becomes Her, 92. Species, 95. 
The Devil's Advocate that came out in 97. This is one that I was thinking about doing. You know, I seen the other day that there was also there was a movie. It's on Tubi, actually, and it was it's called The Advocate's Devil. It's just the the title just with the words flipped around. And I was just like, hmm, that's interesting. And it's seen, I read the summary and it's pretty much about the same thing. So I was like, wow, okay. Wonder what happened there. But yeah, so this grossed 60 million, almost 61 million domestically. Then we have Flatliners that came out in 1990. That starred Julia Roberts and Kevin Bacon, William Baldwin. Wolf with Jack Nicholson. That's about 65 million. Anaconda, 97. That's grossed about 65 almost 66 million domestically end of days that came out in 99 blade 98 we did that last season that grossed 70 million domestically i know what you did last summer came out in 97 grossed about 72 million domestically deep blue sea we just recently went over that movie that grossed 73 million Bram Stoker's Dracula that came out in 92. The Haunting that came out in 99. That grossed 91 domestically. 91 million. Liam Neeson, Catherine Zeta-Jones, and Owen Wilson. Sleepy Hollow. This is another one that I have you all voting for that we possibly will be doing. So this grossed 101 million domestically. And then we have Scream 2 that came out in 97, just a little bit more than Sleepy Hollow. Scream, the original, 103 million. Then we have Interview with the Vampire that grossed 105 million. The Blair Witch Project that came out in 99, coming in at number two at 140 million. And then number one is. The Sixth Sense. The Sixth Sense grossed $293 million. That's a lot. I don't know if it was the Bruce Willis effect or just people were just like crazy about the trailer and was like, I have to see this. But this one did a lot. This one performed very well at the box office. So, yeah, I thought that was just interesting list to go over the 50 most highest gross 1990 horror movies. So I find it interesting that according to IMDb, this movie was released on Christmas in 98, which is interesting. <laughs> That's an interesting date. Um, I wonder why they decided to release it on Christmas. But yeah, so let's go ahead and just talk about the movie in, in greater detail. So the cast, Dana Brewster, she's Delilah. Delilah is the, the head cheerleader in the movie. We have Clea Duvall. She plays Stokely, or better known as Stokes. Lord Harris, she's Be Mary Beth Louise Hutchinson. We have Zeke Tyler, played by Josh Harnett. Sean Hatusi. Hot he plays Stan. Salma Hayek, she's Nurse Rosa Harper. Samke Jansen, she's Miss Elizabeth Burke. 
Piper Laurie. She's Mrs. Olsen. Christopher McDonald is Mr. Frank Connor. Um, he is Casey's father in the movie. B.B. Norwith, she's Principal Drake. Robert Patrick, he's he's Coach Willis. And then Usher is in this movie. He plays Gabe, one of the, the football players. John Stewart, he's Professor Furlong. Elijah Wood, he's Casey Connor. And uh, Danny Masterson is in this movie. Crazy. It's so crazy when you we when you find things out about people and you like them. Cause he was my favorite from that 70s show, and turns out he is a sick fuck, according to him being sentenced to 30 years in prison for what he was sentenced for. But anywho, he's in the movie. Um John Abrahams, he's in the movie. And yeah, so that's pretty much the the cast members there. The movie's directed by Robert Rodriguez. He's also known for directing. Um, he's also known for directing or producing Sin City. He wrote the screenplay for that movie. He was a producer of the Spy Kids 2 movie. And I'm trying to see what else he actually directed. It's not showing me. Hold on. It just shows. Okay, here we go. Director. So he's actually going to be directing the upcoming Spy Kids movie. Or the movie that came out this year? Spy Kids Armageddon? Child. The Book of Boba Fett. He produced or he directed three episodes of that. He also directed an episode of The Mandalorian. So he looks like he did the Sin City, A Dame to Kill for, Machete Kills, Spy Kids 4. So shout out to him. Then the writers for the movie, David Wechter, Bruce Kimmel, and Kevin Williamson, as we've already discussed. Shout out to the writers. So everything, all the points that was made in that article, I share those same sentiments. I feel like this movie is definitely a classic and it's just, you know, it's the fact that it's just so different from Scream as far as like the plot and what's the main killer of this movie. It's not a slasher. It's not a, someone chasing them around with a knife or axe you know what I'm saying or Fisher's hook you know it's like it's aliens and I'm really not typically I'm not really interested in sci-fi but this one for me it just worked so I've always liked this movie I really love Elijah Woods in this movie he's like the he's like the 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 hero because he definitely saves the day he does a lot of the a lot in the movie that I feel like is the most impactful I mean he first discovers the species in the on the football field 
and he's like the first person to like really see that something was going on at their school so he once he finds the species on the football field he's already kind of feeling like there's something going on with the teachers the way that they're acting and him and Delilah end up trying to get some information for their news their school newspaper she was the editor-in-chief of the school newspaper and also the head cheerleader and so they were snooping around in the teacher's lounge and almost got caught so they had to, to hide in the closet and that's when the coach um and the teacher come into the off so it was it it was mrs olsen yeah mrs olsen and the coach they come in and they're talking and they're basically like planning on you know infiltrating the whole school and because I believe they were like two of the, of the first people infected that were part of the faculty at the school. And so the nurse ends up coming in there who was played by Salma Hayek. And so Casey and Delilah witnessed them attack the nurse. And so that's when they start freaking out. They end up busting out of the closet and running out. Casey he tells his parents and so him and his parents go back to the school with the with the popo and he's like yeah we saw a body wait 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 before that they when they seen them attack the nurse they ran out and then they saw her alive so they was like, what the fuck? That was the first thing that had them like, what the fuck is going on? Because I just, we just literally saw them attack her, but now she's good. Like, that's weird. And so since they, they also saw a dead body in the closet, Casey had told his parents about it. And he told his parents, he told the cops, they went back to the school, you know, to see what he was talking about but of course the body is gone they tried to say oh it was the the mannequin for our our um what was it for what they practiced cpr on or something like that and then so they got to the cops first of all cop played by um what's his name Dwayne <laughs> from um and he was also in screen too did you get that on film? Yes, I got that on film. Uh, who he was married? Oh, Dwayne Martin. Yeah, he was married to Tisha Campbell. So yeah, he was in. He had his little part in this movie. And so his parents thought he was tripping. His Casey's parents didn't believe him. He they felt like he was had to been on drugs or something was going on with him. And so they talking about getting him a shrink. They go home put basically put him on punishment he tried to sneak out but it didn't work and he was just like I do not want to go back to that school I cannot go back to that school they gonna get me but of course his parents wasn't going for it so he goes back to school the next day so him and Delilah's like talking about what happened and trying to figure out what the fuck is going on so Delilah Delilah goes with Stan now her and Stan I don't know what the fuck they was the 
one of those relationships where it's like, why are they even together? But I guess they were together because they, he was the captain of the football team and she was the head cheerleader. So they felt like they had to be together. But, you know, every scene that we see them together, they was arguing and talking shit and just not really showing any signs of any compatibility. He wanted to quit the football team and she was just talking shit to him the whole time, doubting him, doubting his ability to even go to college without a scholarship. So it was like they just had a disaster relationship. She was definitely a bitch to him. But Casey had a crush on her. And I think it was just like, a oh, he sees something different in her because because she works for the, they work closely together since he's the photographer for the school paper and she's the editor. He saw something else in her. Like he saw a different side to her that he really liked and she was, she's beautiful. So I could understand, you know, why he had a crush on her, but they all start, you know, getting together and talking about it. Casey starts talking to Stokely about it. And that's when they have, um, they start talking because Stokely, she's like an expert in this area of like, this was her expertise. Like she had all the background info on different references as far as what movies and books that she could refer to that might make sense of what was going on at the school. So she was able to help Casey try to make sense of what was going on. And so she thought about how there was parasites um, that had infiltrated the town on um, one of the books that they were talking about, one of the movies that they were talking about. And so that's what made them have the aha moment and think about the species that Casey had discovered. So they all go to find the species that they had that was in the science teacher's fish tank. So when they went back, it was gone. So they're all up in there talking about, oh my goodness, you know, it's gotta be aliens. Aliens is trying to take over. Casey's trying to convince Stan and everybody of that, but they're like, they're not really buying it. You know, they feel like it's ridiculous. And while they're in there talking, Zeke, is you know getting it on with Mary Beth she's a new girl in town they've been flirting and talking and he's in the storage room trying to get some some material or stealing some material for him um to use in his laboratory and make all his drugs and stuff and he just so happens to hear everybody else talking in the other room through the vent so he goes in there and they they start talking or whatever and then that's when the science teacher comes in and catches them and so zeke is like yeah mr furlong uh casey here thinks you're an alien and then so that's when he's like, oh, is that right? Real, is that true, Casey? And he like, okay, you trying to catch on to us. Well, I'm about to nip this in the bud right here, right now with all y'all. I don't know why he thought, he just thought he was going to take on all five of them or six of them in the classroom. 
So that's when Shik really gets real because he then attacks them. And that's when they see that, okay, there's really something going on because this teacher, the teacher started freaking out, attacking them. Um, once he, Zeke was able to cut his fingers off and that's when they see the little, little things going around, the parasites scrambling around. And so now they're like, okay, this is really real. So they're able to take him down. They they know they realize that Zeke's drugs that he's been selling in his pens, his big pens, they work on the aliens. They those are the they find out that they can take the aliens out with that because it's a Dire, what is it called? Diuretic, something like that. And um, so they leave the school. On their way out of the school, every you could just they could just tell that everyone else has been turned already. So they head to Zeke's house, and in Zeke's basement, he has a a laboratory. And they were able to take one of the parasites with them so that they can test on it and see, like, what is, what are they really working with and try to figure out what they can do. And so that's when they start to put everything together and realize that it's a, a parasite that attaches itself to the host and is using the teachers and everyone's bodies and controlling everyone. And the way that they are able to function is, you know, with the water. And since people's bodies have so much water in it, that is the reason why they are able to continue controlling it. And with the the drugs and his pen, he realized that that worked against them because it dries them out. So this is this is a funny scene because they figured, all right, well, now that we know that this drug will take them out, everybody got, everyone needs to sniff it and see, and just to make sure that we all good, like nobody in here is an alien. And so Casey, he does it. He starts cracking up and Zeke's like, he's tweaking, let him fucking tweak. That part's hilarious. So everyone's taking it one by one. Uh, Stan takes it. Him, Stan, and Casey they start cracking up, making jokes, and then it get down to the point where Delilah and Mary Beth have to take the drug. Now, by the way that Delilah was acting the this whole scene, I would have definitely been suspicious of her. Um, so once they both take it or attempt to take it, they see that. Delilah is actually she's been infected so she runs off or whatever and so they come up with the plan to go to the school because at this at this time it's nighttime and there's a football game and so at the football game they're using the football game to infect everyone infect all the football players they really trying to take over the whole town so they come up with a plan they got to figure out who is the queen who is the main leader. And if they take out the leader, then they can take out 
everyone that's infected, but they, you know, they'll still be alive. They will just no longer be infected. So they had to figure out, okay, who is the leader? They figured the leader was the principal because, I mean, she's the principal. She's the one in charge of the school. So they figured that that made the most sense. So they get um, to the school and they're in the gym. The principal, Miss Drake, she goes in the gym. And so they attack her and Zeke shoots her in the head. And Mary Beth ends up spilling all of the the drug all over her, which was definitely a red flag. Because it's like, why would you do that? You was trying to get rid of all of it so we wouldn't have any more to use. But luckily, Zeke still has some in his car. So Casey and Zeke, they go to the car so that they can get the rest of the drugs because, you know, they have to be sure. Oh, wait, 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 wait. So once they once they kill Mrs. Drake, they are like, okay, how do we know that it worked? How do we know that she was the main one? What if she wasn't the leader? Then Stan, he volunteers himself to go check it out to make sure everything is good. So Stan, he goes, he comes back. And turns out they got to Stan. So Stan, he runs back to, with the football team and joins his squad and takes takes his rifle spy as the captain again. And so that's when Zeke and Casey go to his car so that they can get the rest of the drugs. Because obviously, Mrs. Drake, she wasn't the leader, so they got to go to plan B. So that leaves Mary Beth and Stokely in the gym waiting and so this is why Casey is that nigga because he had to be used as the decoy. So he had the he had the whole football team chasing after him and he was able to outrun them. He he did sneak onto the bus, but then that's when Delilah got on the bus and she was trying to smooth talk him because she knew that he had a crush on her or whatever. But he was able to think fast and he went into the ceiling of the um of the bus and escape from like the emergency exit that was at the top and so he run outruns them and ends up going back to the the gym zeke he makes it to the car but then um i believe it mrs burke miss burke she starts fucking with him and so he has to like fight her off and he ends up crashing his car she loses her head he sees her head crawling around trying to attach itself to his body. He's like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Fuck this. He runs back to the gym. So meanwhile, at the gym, that's when Mary Beth reveals herself as the leader. So she's the queen bee. She's the queen alien. And she's the one that's been turning everybody, which, I mean, makes sense because this really didn't start happening until she showed up. She was the new girl. She showed up all of a sudden. Everybody's turning into aliens. The school is infested. It just makes sense that it was her. Um, but obviously they had to throw a couple of red herrings in there to make it seem like it was other people. Make it so it's not, even though it is predictable, they try to throw us for a loop and, you know, 
And it, it I mean, I, I could see how it could could have worked because the scene where her and Delilah sniffed the drug, you would be like, okay, that eliminates her. You know what I'm saying? But she didn't really sniff it. And because everybody's attention was on Delilah, nobody was like looking and watching Mary Beth closely take the drug. So they were, that's how it was she was able to really get away with not really taking it. So yeah, she turns into the big, big monster alien and she starts chasing Casey and Stokely and um, jump. There's the pool scene. She jumps in the pool. She, she gets Stokely. And but Casey is a real one because he could have just ran off, but he wasn't going to leave Stokely behind. So he was able to get Stokely. But unfortunately, Mary, the the monster had already got to Stokely and infected her as well. So Zeke, he comes with the 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 drugs and meets up with Casey and they're. And that's when he's like, he sees Mary Beth and she's like trying to convince him that it's Stokely. That's the the leader. But he's like, you know, why are you naked? You know what I'm saying? That's the dead giveaway. Why you ain't got no clothes on? So that's when she starts talking and chasing him around or whatever. And um, another thing that Casey, he had to sniff the drug twice. So I know he was bugging out. But props to him because he still managed to think quickly on his feet. Zeke, he got through, through, uh, thrown across the room. So he was knocked out. So it was like, it's up to Casey now. Casey got to save the day. So he thinks quickly and he grabs the drugs and he has the monster chase him to the bleachers. Now, I love this scene. Like, I, I love how smart this was. So he presses the the button for the bleachers to close in and he runs across because he knows that the the monster is going to chase after him under the bleachers and then eventually squish the monster. Um, So that plan, it works perfectly. He was able to stab the monster with the drugs. The parasites tried to get in his skin, but luckily the drugs were... Uh, worked good enough to kill the monster because you would kind of be like because the monster was so big you would think well damn is it going to be enough you know what I'm saying like before the parasites take over but luckily it was enough and the monster was squished so with that impact and the drug impact he, he was able to take the monster out so Casey Yay for Casey for saving the day. Yay. He's the real MVP. He did the damn thing. Like, he was the hero, which I love that it was him. Because they could have easily made it Zeke, which would have been, you know, typical. Being that he is, like, the cool guy and, you know, just who you would expect to save the day. But it was Casey. So I, I like that aspect of it a lot. And so everybody goes back to normal. Um, but everything's also so differently. Like the relationship dynamics are differently. We have Stan and Stokely. They are a couple. Zeke is on the football team. And Miss Burke is giving him the eye. 
which is kind of weird. It's like, what's going on with them? I mean, I understand Zeke repeated his senior year, but he's still in high school. And Miss Burke over there waving at him like some high school sweetheart. So, yeah, that's kind of weird. But, yeah, Zeke is on the football team. And then Delilah and Casey, they kiss at the end. They together, which is, you know, they're cute, I guess. But I guess it was cool that he did. He got the girl because they they are the ones that really had the chemistry um, because they work closely together with the paper. And, yeah, so it was a it's a cool ending um cool movie I, I really love it this is definitely a classic so let's go ahead and get into some did you know trivia brought to us by imdb all right so a lot of the filming was done at the high school in lockhart texas the football team was used and the city was told to show up for the football game and were given fake t-shirts to wear in the stands so I thought that was interesting because when you see the football game it's like a ton of people there and people really love football but they actually love going to football games or high school football games rather um and I I thought that was interesting because people really do be taking that shit seriously it don't matter if it's football college NFL they love them some football So in 1990, David Wechter and Bruce Kimmel wrote their first draft of the script and sent it out, but there were no buyers. It wasn't until after the success of Scream that Miramax bought the script and rushed it into production. Bob Weinstein and Harvey Weinstein brought in Kevin Williamson to do rewrites, keeping the basic story, but rewriting the dialogue and adding new characters to make it more hip. Originally, Williamson was set to direct the film, but he chose not to so he could direct his self-penned script, Teaching Mrs. Tingle. The Weinsteins brought in Robert Rodriguez to direct the film instead. So the role of Delilah was originally written for Charisma Carpenter. She turned it down because she felt the role was too similar to her character Cordelia on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Sarah Michelle Gellar, the title star of Buffy also turned down a role in the faculty. Um, I'm glad that she did. It, it's interesting when I um, when I go through these did you know facts, it does seem like oftentimes they, a lot of these different roles go to like the same people or, or the same people are considered. And I'm glad that it doesn't, I'm glad that it doesn't work out that way because it would be like seeing seeing the same people you know in in the mo- in different movies which it just uh, i don't know it doesn't it just takes away from the movie i think when you are constantly seeing the same people in the in these movies and the same cast members working together like i don't know i'm so i i'm always i always find it interesting to find that out but i'm glad that it doesn't work out that way because Sarah Michelle Gellar, she was in Scream 2. She was in I Know What You Did Last Summer. And then if she was in this too, I, it just would have been like, okay, enough already. So 
Several scenes involving an, an additional character named Venus, played by Kadida Jones, were shown in TV previews for the film, as well as Tommy Hilfiger commercials, but cut from the film. She is also visible in a scene in the theatrical version standing next to Gabe, who's played by Usher, in Mr. Furlong's science class when they were looking at the new species in the aquarium. So Principal Drake gives her name from the Drake equation, which is used to estimate how much intelligent life there is in the universe. So in exchange for product placement in this film for Clothier, Tommy Hilfiger's fashion line, the teens from the movie's cast appear together in a TV commercial and print ad campaign for Tommy Jeans throughout 1998. So the car that Zeke drives is a 1970 Pontiac GTO. It's a pretty dope car that he had there. At the start of the movie, Coach Willis, who's played by Robert Patrick, is seen standing at the end of the long hall, then begins running down the hall in pursuit of Principal Drake. The way he runs and the way the scene is shot, cutting back and forth between Willis running and Drake trying to open the door, mirrors a similar scene in Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Oh, he sure is in there. He was the um the one that was chasing Arnold Schwarzenegger. I didn't even think about that. So this is actually Josh Harnett's second feature film. You know that, you know he's in Halloween H2O as well, which is another one of my favorites that we we went over last season. So Clea Duvall, Duvall said the character she plays is a lot like her when she was 14 or 15, dark, brooding, and discontent. Yeah, it seems like in most of her movies that I can recall, she plays a, a similar character. She was... She plays a similar character, and she's all that. Um, but she was much more mean in that one. Like, she was a bully. She was bitchy. So, during a retrospective interview for Halloween H2O, Josh Tarnett acknowledged his controversial hairstyle that can be seen in that film and the faculty. Both productions hated it, but Harnett intentionally kept cutting his own hair and messing it up to look more like an authentic teen. These antics led to fights with producers and the directors of H2O who wanted him fired. Ultimately, that did not occur, and Harnett finished both films. I feel like his haircut worked. It was some something about it, it that I feel like it just worked. There were very bad haircuts, but they worked. So. Elijah Wood heard about the upcoming Lord of the Rings films while filming this movie and sought out the role of Frodo. The role of Bilbo, played by his castmate Ian Holm, also appeared in another film about a parasitic extraterrestrial alien. So Kevin Williamson, um, as we've already went over, he was supposed to direct this one as well, but he was busy working on teaching Mrs. Tingle, which I believe stars Katie Katie Holmes. And I want to say, what's his name? Something Marsden. Uh, that's me guessing off the top of my head. Um, 
I'm going to go ahead and run with that because I feel like if I'm right, then I'm right. And I feel good about that. But I feel like I'm right about Katie Holmes. Like, I, I think I'm right about that. I could just look, but I, I don't want to. I'm just trying to have faith in the things that I feel like I know. So a cool fact is that Zeke was technically the only one that didn't get infected. Because at the end, Casey, he got infected, but thankfully he was able to, or he had already um, stabbed the monster with the drugs. So that's why he didn't, you know, completely turn. Um, but that's a cool fact to keep in mind. But so I see it says something. It is unknown when Delilah was infected. So before I read all this, my assumption is that Delilah was infected when. So the scene when they're all in Mr. Furlong's classroom and the parasites come from his body when Zeke cuts his his fingers. There's there's a part when Mary Beth takes Delilah behind like one of the desks and that could be possibly when she was infected. That's what my assumption is. But let me read and see what it says. So it says, but it's safe to assume that she was assimilated sometime immediately leaving the school thus explaining why the police are unable to reach her at her home. This also explains her use of glasses. Oh, so they're saying it happened before that. Her use of glasses and more dowdy clothing when returning to school. As the aliens seem to allow their hosts to unleash their desires free of normal societal constraints, in this case, Delilah secretly wants to fit into the crowd rather than leave because of her looks. Though her wearing glasses is more likely because contacts will dry out her eyes of people who wear them. As these creatures dehydrate their human hosts, she switched the glasses so her eyes wouldn't dry out. It is also possible that she was assimilated during a scene in the lab during all the commotion, yep, with Professor Furlong as Mary Beth was seen taking her to safety behind one of the benches. See? See, I was right. So I guess it could go either way, but I want to believe that it happened. I mean, it does make sense because it's like she puts on her glasses and. But it's like, girl, just because you put on glasses don't mean you don't look like yourself. Like, <laughs> so I guess that kind of makes more sense that she would have maybe had or someone had already infected her. That. At before they had returned to school that day but then like I said it's very possible that it happened when Mary Beth took her behind that desk but who really knows I mean it's up to the uh to the to the viewer which one they wanted to you know want to believe which scenario they want to believe but uh but yeah those are the did you know facts um, I don't really see any other ones that are interesting. Showdown in Casey's voice. So that was the episode. I hope y'all enjoyed it. Next week, we're going to talk about the movie Misery. This was a listener request. Shout out to Live Listens. She requested this. So we're going to get into this movie for her. And yeah, I hope everyone has a great rest of your week. Please 
rate the podcast, review the podcast on whichever platform you're using, follow on social media, IG mainly though. I need more followers on IG, catch these vibes pod. Please follow me. I follow back. And yeah, it's been real. Thank you for tuning in and shout out to this being the 200 episode. Like that's amazing. But yeah, we out. Bye out. <laughs>